morning, uh, we'll begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul is here writing to the Corinthian church, and we'll pick up in verse 4, as he's addressing the Corinthian church. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which is given to you by Christ Jesus, that you are enriched in everything by him in all utterance or speech and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here were believers. It says they had the testimony of Christ. They were converted. They, were, they could speak the word. They had all knowledge, it says. They have, were short of no spiritual gift. They had spiritual gifts. We come to verse 10, and he says, Now I plead with you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. Well, you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it is being declared to me concerning you, my brothers, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you say, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, Cephas is Peter, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified, or sorry, was was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? There's a problem here. They had some things that are commendable, but you see that there's a problem with this church. And as we dig in a little bit to this church, we see a couple things that we need to take note of. There's divisions here. When the church began, you read the book of Acts, there was no division. When the the Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples and the early church, when it first began, it says they are of one mind, they are of one heart, and they are of one soul. But as you see, over the course of time, things began to change. And they are bickering each other, and they were... They had, they had pride saying, well, I'm of Paul, I'm of Jesus, I am of Apollos, I, I was discipled by Peter. There's something wrong, and it reveals something. It reveals the carnal nature. So what's, what happened to these, this church? Why are they not like the church in the book of Acts? Well, this is down the road in time from there, and we begin to see some things. And this message isn't a history lesson about the Corinthian church. This is a message about looking at ourselves, as you'll see.
Um, the next reading is in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, beginning in verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. When it says that our faith should not be in the wisdom of men, it doesn't just mean Albert Einstein. It means the guy in the mirror, too. It means us. And our own wisdom, whether our faith shouldn't be in our own wisdom, our own logic, our own reasoning, or those of others, or the professionals. Our faith should not be in them. Our faith should not be in doctors and, and scientists and other things. It doesn't mean they're never right about anything. That's not it. But that's different than faith. Our faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Faith is not about what we do see. It's about what we don't see. And for the things that we don't see, we should not put our faith in the wisdom of men, but in the power, in the power of God. Not just the existence of God, not just the Word of God, but the power of God. Our faith in the power of God toward us who believe. As Ephesians chapter 1 says, that God would open our eyes up to the greatness of his power toward those who believe. To believe what? To believe in his existence, yes. To believe in his power, yes. To believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, yes. He will reward us. Your Father who sees you praying to Him in secret will reward you openly. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man produces much. Our faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The existence and the power of God are shown in nature. When we see that star 93 million miles away being held up by nothing, and us having four seasons as we go around the sun, and the perfect orbit of the, of the, the earth and the moon and the planets and the, and the moons around the planets and the stars and the universe, God's power is clearly demonstrated in his existence through the things he has created. And now he speaks to the Corinthian church, the Christians, and he says, in verse 12, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. <clears throat> that we might know, not guess, not surmise, speculate, but that we might know. Jesus said 
John chapter 3, unless a man is born again, or born of the Spirit, unless a man is born again a second time, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's present tense. That's not past tense. That's not future tense. It's present tense. He cannot see it. He cannot comprehend and understand it. Why? Because these things are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But he must first be able to see the kingdom of God, and then he will enter the kingdom of God. We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You see, once again, he talks about man's wisdom versus spiritual wisdom. The wisdom of man versus the power of God. The comparison yet again. Verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There is a lock on spiritual things that only the Spirit of God can open, as we're reading here. To, to be able to see, to understand, and comprehend the kingdom of God. It comes from the Spirit of God. And that's why Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. It is through coming to Him and believing on Him that He opens our understanding. And He gives us His Spirit. And we begin to understand and comprehend the kingdom of God. This whole setup. And the wisdom of God and the power of God. We under, begin, begin to understand it. He says in verse 15, But he who is spiritual judges all things, and he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brothers, could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as the carnal, as the babes in Christ. One of the things that we want to look at today and understand is that Paul designates two different kinds of Christians. The spiritual and the carnal. And as he wrote to the Corinthian church, he says, I couldn't write to you as spiritual, but as carnal. You see, back in verse 15 of, the ch of chapter 2, it says, But he who is spiritual judges all things. It refers to the spiritual man, the spiritual Christian, and the carnal Christian. And as he 
we read verse 1 of chapter 3 again, he says, But I, brothers, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. He said, wait a minute, didn't he say that these people were not short of any spiritual gift? And they could speak the word, they could talk the talk. They could. They had all kinds of, you know, knowledge about Christ. They did. And then here it comes around about, and he says, but when it's all said and done, you're not spiritual, you're carnal. So, well, how could all this be? Because spirituality has to do with being led by the Spirit. This is why Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Because as we read here in this verse, he says, I could write to you as spiritual, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. Now what does he mean by babes in Christ? A baby in Christ is someone who's just converted. And we know by our own experience, as well as the experience of seeing it in many others, that when you're first converted, you're kind of all over the place. Because you've been walking in the flesh all your life, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, you're enlightened on the inside. And now, we have to be deprogrammed from all this thinking, and all this way of life, and all this other stuff. And we're all over the place. But as we grow, with this milk, as we grow, begin to, the changes that God put on the inside of us begin to filter out. As Jesus said, first clean up the inside of the cup, and behold, all things will be clean to you. The change happens first on the inside of a person and begins to filter to the outside. And the change in the way of life Begins to happen because there's a change of heart. And we no longer are comfortable with our former way of life. Now, if you have a baby, and the baby is cute and everything, and you give it milk and it's cute, but, you know, when it doesn't get its way, it screams and kicks and carries on, especially as they get a little older and. You know, they, they get into that toddler stage and the terrible twos and everything. And they're just, they're just a mess, you know. And, and, the, and the parents have to teach them right from wrong. And it's just, it's high maintenance when they're this young. And then, you know, as they get a little older, you know, they start eating solid food. And, you know, they don't need the bottle. Pretty soon they're off the bottle or off the nursing, whatever the people do. And they're eating food. You know, you have to feed it to them, and then eventually they, you know, they push your hand out of the way. They want to eat it themselves and everything else, and and then, you know, and then they're growing up, and you see them getting bigger. But if you see a baby, and then they become a toddler, and they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and they're still nursing, or still on the bottle, we'll say, or still having to be fed, hand-fed and everything else, and it's not so cute anymore. You begin to say, you know what, there's something wrong here. You look at the child and say, there's something wrong here. The 
child is still not toilet trained, it still needs to be fed, it's still this, still that, you know. They need to mature. And this is what Paul is confronting in a spiritual sense. He's confronting the church of Corinth. Saying there's something wrong here. He said, I'm writing to you, not as spiritual people, but as carnal. Because as we find out, as we read in the scriptures, that for the Christian, there's two different leadings. There is a leading of the Holy Spirit, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and the leading and the guidance of the flesh, the human nature which is also being enticed by the enemy of our soul. And we must become wise to that. Otherwise, we'll remain babes. If we keep on listening to carnal leading, the word carnal means flesh. If we keep listening to it, we don't grow. And so, as we read here, he says in verse 1 again, But I, brothers, could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as the carnal, as the babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. For even now, you are still not able for you're still carnal. For there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal? Are you not behaving like men? He said, well, sure we're behaving like men. We are men, women. Should we behave that way? No. No, not if we're being led by the Spirit. And this is the confrontation. And so, we look at the specific thing that's happening here, where they are, they are competitive with each other, and trying to exalt themselves over one another. But this is just an example. Look what he says here. He says, there's envy, strife, and divisions among you. Arguing, fighting. It happens in marriages. It happens in families. It happens in our workplace. It happens in the churches. It happens everywhere. Wherever human nature is, and wherever human nature is allowed to run its course, even in the Christian, it's what you're going to have. And that's what Paul confronts the church of Corinth. And the history of Christendom proves that there's a lot of carnality in the history of Christendom. Some of it, by people, yes, that were not converted, that named the name of Christ, of course. But then there's some, within Christendom, like this, who name the name of Christ, but they're not spiritual, they're carnal. And he says, I fed you with milk and not solid food, because you're unable to receive it. These Corinthians were still like babies. You, know, you shouldn't be able to receive meat by now. But he said, I, have to, I can't give you solid food yet. You still need milk. You haven't grown up. 
you're still carnal. When he says you're still carnal, it says you're still, it means you're still following the flesh. And this should be a message to, to check ourselves. Not to check our brothers and sisters. To check that man or woman in the mirror. Am I spiritual or am I carnal? And I think most of us, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we're going to say, well, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not spiritual. But you see what the goal is. The goal is to be spiritual. What does it mean to be spiritual? It means to be led by the Spirit. To be led by the Spirit continually. To bear the fruit of the Spirit, not of the flesh. To follow Jesus. To follow His footsteps. In order to do that, so I've been trying to do that, I'm failing and failing. And I'm not doing that. What's the problem? Our faith is not in the power of God. Our faith is not in the provision God has made for us. The Bible says everything we need for life and godliness is found in Christ. And if we're not experiencing that, we're missing it. We're missing the leading of the Spirit in some areas of our life. We're not connecting with Him the way we should be. To be able to love our enemies, to do good to those who do evil to us, that kind of stuff. To love each other in marriage without strife and contention and biting one another and consuming one another. Yes, being led by the Spirit. In home, at work, when the boss is stinky, when... When our fellow workers are lazy and, and they're not helping and and you know and it's a bad it's a bad reflection on us and blah 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 we go on and on. Be spiritual and not carnal. That's what Paul's saying here. And here they were coming to church and they had they were trying to exalt themselves over one another. Does that sound familiar? Trying to exalt themselves over one another? Well, sure it does. Jesus' 12 disciples that he picked, they were having that argument after Jesus told them he was going to be betrayed at the Last Supper. After the Last Supper. Here they are, arguing with each other. But these people here, the Corinthian church, They've received the Spirit. These are people who are converted. And they're still doing that. And that's why he says, you're, you're acting like, you know, you just got converted, so to speak. Babes in Christ. You're acting like you just, just you know, first believe this message is true. You haven't grown from there. And now i got to bottle feed you again. Spiritual milk. You can't receive spiritual meat because you're stuck in the mud. Spiritual growth. You're not able to receive it if you're still carnal. The evidence? Envy, strife, division, arguing, harshness, backbiting, 
called the fruit of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, and goes on. Unloving spirit, unkindness, rudeness, lack of self-control, unspiritual. You can just sum it up in saying unspiritual or carnal. Aren't you behaving like mere men? For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal? Are you not behaving like mere men? For one says, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and Apollos but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow, or gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, or he who waters, but God who gives the increase. You know, saying, I'm of Paul, or I'm a disciple of Paul or Apollos, doesn't mean anything. That's unspiritually saying. A spiritual man, because I am of Christ, recognizes it. In chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians, in verse 5, he says this, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and reveal the counsel of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Now these things, brothers, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos, for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, or not to go beyond what is written, some say. That none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against another. All the boasting... Well, I think this, and in my opinion, that. Well, we're allowed to think and have an opinion. But when we try to exalt ourselves or our opinions over one another, I'm saying, aren't we still being carnal? Not to go beyond what is written. It's a major reason for division in Christendom. Go beyond what's written here. And speculations, theological, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it, a lot of influence in Christendom, Christian psychology, bear with me on that, and a lot of opinion and it and and scholarship and exalting themselves over one another <coughs> not going beyond what is written god will reveal the rest says here in chapter 4 and verse 18 
Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but their power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's not just a lot of talk. In the men's meeting we were studying Ephesians chapter 3 this week. And it says there that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. And that's what Paul says here. It's not just the word that's at work within us, but the power that's at work within us. God is able to do all beyond what we ask or think. But, it's a, but God does according to what we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. There's a connection between the power that is at work within us and what we receive. It's not a matter of whether God's able to do it. It's a matter of what is at work within us and what power is at work within us. Carnal or spiritual? In chapter 5, we won't go there now, but we, we well know that there's a confrontation of a man who's with his father's wife. And they weren't doing anything about it, and Paul confronts them for that. In chapter 11, what are they doing at the, at the Lord's Supper? There's people that are allowed to sit there and eat up all the bread. And there's not even enough bread to go around. They're drinking all the wine. It says they're getting drunk. What in the world is going on in this place? They're acting like they just got converted. They're acting as babes in Christ. They're acting in the flesh. You would expect this from people in the world playing church. But it's the flesh at work in, in the people who profess Christ. Oh, they were never converted. No, according to Paul, they were. But they were not spiritual, they were carnal. In chapter 13, is sandwiched between two chapters about spiritual gifts. And we read in chapter 1, it says, Paul said, you are not short of any spiritual gift. Well, how can that be if they're so carnal? It says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance, without change. So that means that they can have spiritual gifts, and they can be a great preacher, and they can be speaking prophetic words. But in chapter 13, the chapter that's sandwiched between the two chapters about spiritual gifts, and he goes in much great detail in those two chapters, but in between them, it's, it starts out by saying that though I speak in the language or the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, it's nothing. I have nothing. Though that I have gift of prophecy, and though I give my body to be burned, and I don't have love, I'm a lot of noise. And so, you're saying, you might have all those things, but if you don't have love, you're not spiritual, you're carnal. 
for not walking in love, for not walking in the footsteps of Jesus. We're not spiritual, but carnal. In order to be spiritual, we have to follow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. We have received the Spirit, not of the world, but the Spirit of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us from God. You read that in this chapter, in this book. The Spirit of God, if we follow His leading, that's what makes us spiritual, and that's what causes us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> and from there, I'd like to go to uh, Hebrews chapter 5. The writer of Hebrews <clears throat> has a similar confrontation to the people that he's writing here. In Hebrews chapter 5, this talks about Jesus being the great high priest, and we'll pick up in the middle of it. It says, in, pick up in verse 7, speaking of Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear, or some versions say reverent submission. And though he was a son, yet who learned obedience by the things which he suffered, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as the high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles where the let's see where does it say here the sayings or the scripture the sayings of God or the scriptures and have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who are mature that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They become spiritual. And so Paul here again, and not Paul, but whoever wrote this, Hebrew, the letter of Hebrews, might have been Paul, he says, there's a lot of things I want to write to you, but you can't receive them at this time. This is very similar to what Paul says to the Corinthian church. And it's the same reason why he can't speak to them in spiritual terms. He says they're dull of hearing. Jesus asked that of his own disciples. Is your hard heart, are you dull of hearing? We can become dull of hearing. And harden our hearts. We won't grow. 
And here we have people, he says, by this time, he says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. In other words, these people have been converted for a while. He says, you've been converted to the point you should be teachers. He says, but you haven't grown up. You're still babies. You need to be reminded of the milk of the word. Why? Because they're carnal. They're babes. They're just like people that are newly converted. And this is not my idea or my thinking. This is the apostles writing here. And confronting, confronting Christians. Spiritual or carnal. Spiritual or carnal. The confrontation of the apostles to the church of Christ. The body of Christ. And Jesus has a similar confrontation to many churches if we read the letters in the book of Revelation. We won't go into that today, but if you read that, you'll see the same thing. Confrontation. Spiritual or carnal. He says, by this time you ought to be teachers. He said, you have to have someone come back and Teach you as though you were just converted. Newly, you got to have milk again. By this time, you should be teachers, and here you are. You're still babies, he says. He says in verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Why? He's not following the leading of the Spirit. He's not putting, he's not a doer of the word to some degree. He's only being a hearer. Maybe he's being a doer in some areas, but in some areas he's resisting the spirit. And so he's not growing. She's not growing. But listen what it says in verse 14. It talks about those who are spiritual. It says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age or mature. That is... Listen to what he says, who by reason of use. Reason of use of what? The Word. The Word of God. They put it to practice. They're a doer of the Word, and they grow. They're not just a hearer of the Word. They're a doer, and they grow up. And they're spiritual and not carnal. And they can move on to maturity. That by reason of use, have their senses exercised, to discern both good and evil, spiritual and carnal, good and evil. We begin to discern spiritual and carnal. It becomes clear the leading of the spirit and the leading of the flesh. The voice of God and the voice of the devil becomes clear as we grow up. And then in chapter 6 and verse 1, he sums it up by saying this, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us move on, or go on, to perfection, to maturity. Let us move on to maturity. Let us move on to maturity. Not having to relay the foundation of repentance from works that lead to death, walking in the flesh. All the other stuff it talks about here. Repentance from dead works. Faith in God. So forth. 
moving on to maturity. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit, not staying as 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 carnal and unspiritual, but being spiritual, listening to the voice of God and following it. Jesus said, "He who follows me will not be in darkness." As we follow Him, as we come to Him, it says He will fill us with rivers of living water. Will fill us with His Spirit. We're going to grow up. This is what God wants. And He puts it in our hearts. And somewhere inside of us, in our hearts, that's what He's put inside of us, too. The desire to grow up. But if we listen to the flesh, we suppress that voice. We suppress that inner desire of the heart. We grieve God, we grieve the Spirit, and we grieve ourselves in the inside. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 talks about that conflict. He talks about the war between the flesh and the spirit. At the end of it he says, Who will deliver me from the body of this death? Do I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord? Jesus is the deliverer. From being carnal. Romans chapter 6 says we've been freed from sin. Romans chapter 6 talks about the conflict with that freedom. Romans chapter 8 starts out this way. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. When we walk according to the Spirit, we're spiritual. Those who are Christ have put to death, have crucified the flesh, and its affections and its evil desires. So today, we look at ourselves and nobody else and say, spiritual or formal? Half and half? Riding the fence. I'm a Christian toddler. I'm a Christian teenager. Or can we say to ourselves before God and growing up and becoming mature? It's a process. Maturity is a process just like it is in human nature with a baby. And that's why Paul uses that comparison comes in stages. And you know, in the world there's a saying, some kids never grow up. You see guys in their 60s and 70s driving these hot race cars and, you know, all these other different things and just, you know, wanting to still be a kid. I'm not criticize them just saying you know we got to grow up we got to think and act more maturely and that God puts that desire in us God is at work in us to do and to will of his good pleasure 
God is at work in us, not just to let us know what His will is, but to do those things in us. He is at work in us to do and to will of His good pleasure. Or to will and to do of His good pleasure. God is at work in us. And it is up to us whether we resist that work or not in us. To follow His voice and to follow His leading and His guidance. And if we do, we'll be able to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Hmm. <clears throat> We sang the song this morning that sometimes when we're singing we might cringe. They will know we are Christians by our love. can feel kind of uncomfortable, intimidating sometimes. Maybe even on the way to church or in the morning we, we got up and did something unloving on the, before we even got here. And here we are singing that song. Yes, let us move on to maturity. Not looking to ourselves or our own power, because that will lead to frustration. But putting our faith in the power of God, that He put in us a new man, that's like Him. That we are partakers of His nature now, because we've been born of the Spirit. Not just people of the flesh, not just mere men anymore. That's what I have to say, Brother Dan. I'm going to start with you. Brothers want to go around the horn and...